Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. It is the Independence Bowl edition. Uh, I'm David Wilson, joined as always by Susan Miller Degnan. We are sitting here in uh, the press box, actually specifically the, the athletic director's box at Independence yes. Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana, where Miami just played one of the worst games I've ever seen. They lose 14 nothing to Louisiana Tech. Very for sad. their first losing yes. season sad. since 2014. What'd you think? I thought it was <laughs> a, a clunking loser all the way around. Hurricane and and I thought the Hurricanes would lose. If yeah, you yeah, remember yeah. before yep. this game, I was just sure of it. And uh, and they somehow they did. somehow didn't even meet your expectations because they were shut out for only the no, third time this century. Did. I thought, thought they would score, score some points. Yeah, so <laughs> did I. They don't not score very often. The and only other shutouts since 2000 were the uh, last game at the Orange Bowl in 2007 against Virginia and the 58 nothing against Clemson in, uh, what was 2015? Yes. That, of course, Al Golden got fired the next day or two days later. I don't remember exactly. But next day. In the next 24 hours, next pretty day. much. Yep. Um, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, it was as bad as either of those Realistically, considering the opponent, considering it's a bowl game, um, considering you know the the defense helped you out by you know, holding them to fourteen points, they forced like nine punts. I think also both teams punted nine times to tie the Independence Amazing. Bowl record. Um, yeah, it was an outright disaster. I think that's like the only way to put it. And the offense finishes the year. Pretty much as bad as it was the year before in Mark Rick's last yeah, year. The when when offense. they finished the year, everyone was saying they need to get a new offensive coordinator. They averaged 5.6 so yards per play that year. This year, after today, they finish averaging 5.7 yards per play. So, so they did improve. They, they improved yeah. in well, the most was, technical it was <laughs> sense. A mess. It, was, it, was a, it was a total mess, and they... I mean, after that, I put in my story, after that three-game win streak really, you know, made everybody think that, you know, this offense was was, was blossoming. This yeah. offense was, we all... That three-game win streak ended with the Louisville game when Jaron Williams... Jaron Williams set the Miami record by throwing six touchdown passes in a game. And today, against Louisiana Tech, a good Conference USA team... He goes 9 of 20 for 94 yards. They bench him uh, in the fourth quarter for Nikosi Perry, who goes 5 of 13 for 52 yards. Uh, both threw an interception. Both played terribly. Both, you know, Jaron was really inaccurate. And it was the highs that all came with that Louisville game where he had basically for two games in a quarter, like looked like the quarterback of the future that he had looked like for certain stretches this year. Um, yep. Let it come back against Pittsburgh, kind of dismantled Florida State, and then obviously the record-setting day against Louisville. Since then, the offense is just, just cratered. Yeah, terrible. And like uh, like somebody I know at the Miami Herald told me tonight, uh, UM has mastered regression. They just yeah, they they're just worse seem... now than they were three months ago. Yeah, and 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 against you look at this season when they started against Florida, and I know yeah. that was kind of an ugly game, but um, a sloppy game or whatever. But you saw that game, and 
It was we one of those like, where like wow, all things Jared's considered, they looked pretty good. Jaron looked young good. That kid's gonna be good. You had a freshman yeah. starting left tackle who was bad. You assumed he was gonna get better, and I don't. It just didn't happen at all. It I mean, did it did happen. for a couple of months. You know, they they had their ups and downs. They like we said, they that winning streak. They looked good, um, but you know, the offense just looks hopeless now. The quarterback competition is more open than ever you, it, you know Tyler Van Dyke is going to be on campus in like two weeks and he'll be a factor in, he has to be a factor in this competition because no there's doubt. no clear answer on the roster to pretty much any of their offensive issues I mean other than like you know DJ Dallas if he comes back is going to be a starting running back and you know you got a couple wide receivers and you bring back all five starting offensive linemen but are any of them really secure like None of them are secure in their jobs. Um, no. Yeah, the offense is a mess. No. And yeah. it turned into what I think, honestly, and, was the worst game I've ever watched. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've seen so many games. I'm not sure. I know. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some unforgetting. I still game. Yeah. I still – that last game in the Orange Bowl. But, I, yeah. but like I said, I don't know how – I don't know how much it was that game – itself or it was because of the atmosphere and the build up to that game but actually they look so bad um just quit in that game from what i recall in the virginia game yeah, yeah. They, i mean they just got just stomped over yeah and this game i still i still agree with manny that manny diaz that they do seem to try no, I mean, it, I I, I've seen teams in yeah, I mean, in some teams in the last ten years of UM that just uh, that just really quit, right. totally quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what? I mean, they so pretty much what? admitted I, it after the Pinstripe Bowl last year that they quit, right? Right, last yeah. year, and I, I'm not sure about the like inner workings now as far as dissension or anything yeah. like that, but. There's got to be some coaching things going on, too. Yeah. I just mean from an unwatchability standpoint, this game could have easily been 7 nothing. It was pretty boring. Like, Louisiana Tech could have kneeled the ball at the end and it would have been 7 nothing. Instead, they ran for a touchdown. But right. it was pretty bad. I don't think I've ever Very covered, bad. like, a 3 nothing, even in, like, first a high school game. Ever, first time ever shut out, a shutout in the Independence Bowl. Yeah, for, and the first time ever that a non-Power 5 – First time since the BCS began in 1998 that a non-power conference team shut out a power conference team in a bowl game. Miami making history today. Miami punch records again favored again, and I'm like, why was Miami favored again in this game? Yeah. I can't, against nine and three Louisiana Tech when you know the you know the yeah the every loss this year except for the Florida game was as a favored team, right? And yeah. Five of the seven losses were with an extra week to prepare, whether it was coming off a bye week or, or the start of the season or, or yeah, this, obviously, ama- with the bowl. Amazing, it's, right? And yeah, I mean, those are all the, the those are all the arguments against um, Manny Diaz as a coach, right? I mean, there's obviously a lot of arguments, but the fact that they come unprepared pretty much after bowl games that they – or after bye weeks, I mean – that they progressed throughout the season that I don't know. And then I think, is it Manny Diaz as a coach? I don't, maybe, I mean, that's or the is it the players that but, they have that they've recruited? Whoever but yeah, I, I mean the, the stuff of, you know, you can make, obviously say like there are just flaws on the roster. Like, you know, they get burned on 
third and long sometimes because their secondary is kind of a, a weakness on the defense. Or, you know, they're going to give up sacks because they're starting two true freshmen on the offensive line. But it's the, the fact that they got worse throughout the season and the fact that they have come out so flat after bye weeks. And they really do come out flat at least. Yeah, you know, every game those every, every one of those losses has been a slow start too, pretty much, except for Florida where they kicked the field goal on the first like, drive. Yeah, the, the only those are the testament. Those were are the arguments against Florida the State. They were so pumped up. Remember that yeah. game? Oh my God! They yeah, and the fact that they couldn't, you know, they sprung that over into the Louisville game and dominated Louisville, and then they had a bye week and they lost all that. Mo- like, there's obviously something wrong with whatever they're doing uh, culturally to. Agreed. Get the team prepared. And that, that falls on the coach. And, I mean, it's a first-year coach. He's, I mean, I'd be stunned if he is not the coach again next year. Blake James, after oh, the game today, yeah, Blake, said right? he still supports him. Obviously, yep. stranger things have happened. But I'd be stunned if he's not the coach next year. That's You, know, you expect some of this stuff from a first-year coach. But he kind of checked all the boxes for, like, what can go wrong when you have a first-time coach, right? It's like the week-to-week preparation is off. And I think that some of the game management stuff is off. Like he's only gonna he's he, this will be it for Manny. Yeah. I mean, this next season to me is it's obvious it's do or die for him. I yeah. mean, he has another season like this. Forget it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna already they're probably already losing a lot of um, financial support from donors. Yeah. Um, you know, I know people who have just given up. You know, on season tickets, yeah. um, and because who wants to watch this kind of kind of stuff? You yeah, know? and it's it's hurting them on the recruiting trail. You know, the oh, recruiting class man. is still pretty good, but like Manny said nice on recruit- signing day, like if we can do this with a yeah. bad year, like uh, you maybe win some of those head-to-head um, recruiting matchups against. You know, you're, you're still never going to beat the Floridas and Clemson or Alabamas and Clemsons right now, but maybe you beat the Floridas and uh, you know some of those other schools on the recruiting trail. Uh, from time to time, um, yeah, wow. The the one fix, and I, I hesitate to use the word fix because who knows if it'll be a fix. But the one one change that seems to be coming is uh, to the offensive coordinator. Um, there is a report yep. before the game from the Associated Press that Dan Enos in Miami uh, had agreed to part ways following the Independence Bowl, and what a send off for Dan Enos. Uh, wow. One of the worst offensive games Miami has ever put together. Yeah. Well, um, I have a feeling that is true. Yeah. That From some of the stuff that, that we've heard um, and, you know, added in in our story, uh, right. citing the AP report, and then um, I think even in uh, Barry Jackson's postgame column, we, we kind of mentioned some of the stuff we had heard behind the scenes that, you know, this was always potentially. I don't think it was a surprise when we saw that we report were, come out, right? Like it not was not at all, not yeah, to us, no. not to people. I don't think it's to a lot of people. I think Dan Enos was getting totally. Someone had frustrated. to be the fall guy. Yeah, if that is, if, if 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 it is true that he's getting canned as opposed to yeah, has something waiting. I mean, it's possible. I don't like, know. It's possible. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, because. Um, but it, yeah, it's not surprising at all considering. Um, the way the offense performed this year. I mean, they, he was supposed to be the guy to revolutionize this offense, to to bring them into the 21st century, and instead he they were kind of looked similar to last year, right? Like, 
It was a little bit. I don't know, very I much. Think and I'd love definitely but. listen. I would, at the very minimum, I would like to see a a, a faster tempo. Yeah. I mean, they they did that a few years ago. Just do some no huddle, some you know, just make it go fast. <laughs> yeah, you have speed. That's supposed to be your advantage. You have more talent, and the easiest way to like. Get the other Get team off balance a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you're supposed to be I, deeper. Like, yeah, it it's slow and plotting, and I think it it uh it's very not Manny D. Like, it's not what he preaches at all, which was what was surprising watching the offense this year. Is like everything he said during the year. We're gonna be dynamic. We're gonna be fast. We're gonna so true. And then it just just like his defense was always. And obviously they were hamstrung by by the offensive line. I mean, you saw them run probably more screens and swing passes and stuff like that than. Um, you would have liked, and and I think they ran more uh, I formation under center, you know, power run type stuff because the two freshmen were further ahead as run blockers than they were as pass blockers. Um, but there is, it, it just didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like coming into the year. And I know, you know, I know Dan Enos isn't like a spread guy, and I didn't think they need. To, I, don't, I still don't necessarily think they need to hire just strictly a spread guy. Um, but he had a reputation. Danny had a reputation of being a guy who comes in and, and coaches to his personnel. Basically, he's very multiple. I have giant air quotes because like that's such a cliche. But he is a guy that runs pro style stuff. He runs spread stuff, and we saw the offense look good at times, especially running some of that spread stuff, running a lot of that RPO stuff that they had a lot of success with in the middle of the season. And he was so always supposed to be a guy that kind of knew his personnel and could adjust to it. And I don't know, sometimes it just kind of felt like they were calling random plays, like no rhyme or reason necessarily, you know, not sticking with what works, trying to go too deep into the playbook. They probably should have, you know, with a first-year quarterback, with two freshman offensive linemen, with, um, you know, just a young team overall, they probably shouldn't have been running as many different plays as they did, like running jet sweeps on – third and inches like he just always felt like he was overthinking himself um now i don't know if replacing him is really going to make that big of a difference because there seem to be bigger deep-seated issues right yeah i I mean i think it i mean we have to see we have to see if it happens who, who they get um i still i don't know i still wonder like why with these players who you know, most of them were fairly talented, right, in high yeah. school, and more than a lot of the teams they play. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I mean, all their quarterbacks, all their quarterbacks were four-star prospects. All their running backs were four or five-star prospects. All their wide receivers, pretty much, except for D. Wiggins, who's you know been good, pretty good here, right. were four-star or five-star prospects. Like these guys were getting recruited by everyone, pretty much, like. Lorenzo Lingard, who hasn't played a lot, and he's been like a popular name, was recruited by Georgia. Cam Harris was recruited oh, by Lorenzo Lingard by Florida. Like What's DJ happen? Dallas, I don't know who's recruiting very well, but I would assume he was recruited by a lot of schools. Right. Mark Pope is recruited by Florida. Um, D. Wiggins committed to Miami really early, but had a really productive career at Southridge and, and was going to be recruited by a lot. Obviously, Brevin Jordan, Alabama wanted him. Like. Will Mallory, Michigan, wanted him. Like, they've got guys that other teams wanted. So, unless they're, like, really screwing up these evaluations and somehow getting all the guys that are 
would be busts no matter where they went. Like, that's not the problem. And you got to be better than that with that talent on offense. Um, I think you're right about the – I hate saying this word, but the culture. Yeah, I mean, I it's been an issue for how Manny, many years, right? Yeah, but Manny Diaz, that was like his – one of his things, right? He was coming in and, you know, t- t- talking about the old canes and the standard. and Yeah. But obviously – with these kids, it <clears throat> didn't really make a difference. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing my, Manny Diaz is, was basically trying to say after the game today was that um, it takes time to, like, rebuild a culture like that, and he feels like they're making progress doing it. But, yeah, but, they, they, but they didn't show signs how they, of... How are they making progress? I mean, they're losing games. Yeah, they didn't show any I signs don't... of progress this year. They looked just as bad as they did last... Like, all yeah, the same issues bad. that were there last year were, were there this year, too, right? Pretty yeah. much, like yeah. the offense was just as bad. the the all, The defense took a step back, which was kind of expected, just because of all the seniors they lost. But yeah, I mean, they didn't. Look, they looked like I, I even an old think Miami maybe team. The, the fan, new Miami looked know. like the old Miami. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. It's just very confusing to me. It's very confusing how they can't win against I mean, teams they should beat. And then I think maybe the other coach. You know, you got Skip Holtz. Who God, it just feels like every coach out coaches yeah Manny or For the most his part. staff yeah recently yeah pretty uh, much this I game mean, uh, the FIU game well Butch Davis is a good coach yeah uh, the Duke coach yeah, Cutcliffe, Cutcliffe who's a good, a good coach. coach yeah but I mean that was the worry right is that's what happens when you uh, you make a quick hire like they hired Manny Diaz the same night they. Mark Rick retired. Like, true. It was always the risk. You were taking a real shot that shot in the dark almost at a guy who had never coached before. That just based on what he did as your defensive coordinator, and obviously had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator. It was a really strong case to be made that Manny was the guy for the job, but that was the risk. It was a high risk, high reward kind of thing. Like if he hit and he really like could basically carry the defense's culture over to the full team then, yeah, they were going to turn back into something resembling the old Miami. And if he didn't, he was going to be a coach out of his depth. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of finish up this by just a, a recap maybe, but we're kind of hitting on all of it as we go. But um, there were times when things looked like they were going to be good, that three-game winning streak, the pit, you know, winning at pit. Uh, that was fun. The three games were fun. <laughs> your rival, Florida State, in Tallahassee, and then blowing out a, a pretty good Louisville team. Um, and the only, and the only game that they, and then really they came terrible. back on was was Pitt. The only game that they showed that they could win in the end was Pitt. Yeah, it was their only comeback all year, pretty much. Yeah, I mean they, even today, today when they, um, when they got the. Uh, was it interception, Frierson? Yeah. Right? And yep. then he lateral. We thought he lateral. Yeah. And then it was called back. And that seemed that seemed like that put, put a, a little bit of a spark in them. And I thought, oh, maybe they're going to score. And, it's, and then it would be tied. And then, yeah. And you called it. You said, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Instead of, I said, instead of missing a field goal, they'll, they'll go three and out. And they actually got a first down. And then they, they got a first it. down. Yeah. But yeah. They, so they then, only, they had, they ran four plays all game inside Louisiana Tech's. 40-yard line. Three of them were from the 39. The fourth was from the 38. Like, That's really sad. Yeah. It was Louisiana Tech. Like, I don't know. They, 
it was uh, obviously like everyone was FIU that was rock bottom. Somehow they dug deeper, which like feels impossible. But it felt like FIU was better than Louisiana Tech. <laughs> Louisiana Tech beat them. Uh, it's true. I mean, weirdly, I, Miami played better in this game than they did against FIU. Right. Which is like crazy to say because they just scored zero points in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, against Louisiana Tech. But. I mean, at least, like, Jaron didn't throw three interceptions. <laughs> well, they're consistent, right? They yeah. lost in 2014 at the Independence Yeah, League. that actually transitions us nicely. I think we can kind of For their second losing season. Yes. So my big question for you, because you've covered this team for the entire century, pretty much. Oh, don't ask me if it's the worst team. Is it the worst Miami team of the century? And really, when I say of the century, it's really since 2005, basically, because obviously they opened the decade with um, – I, I Four know. straight 11-win seasons, and they go 9-3 and three, two years with Larry Coker. And then it's really from 2006 on where it's the mediocre Miami. They go 7-6 and six in Larry Coker's last year. Then Basically, I wrote down three real contenders uh, to go along with this one as worst Miami team of the century. There's 07, uh, Randy Shannon's first year when they go 5-7, and seven, miss a bowl game, and it's that Virginia game. The last game at the Orange Bowl is kind of the, the signature loss. There is 2010, and they go 7-6 and six, um, and end the year on a three-game losing streak. That was Randy Shannon's last year. Um, basically, the, the three-game losing streak is the symmetry there. It's a loss to South Florida and pretty much no good wins. Actually, they had a couple good wins early in the year. At Clemson. I mean, I listen, only because... And then the last one was... I have as the contender is, is 2014. Of course, the last time they uh, came here to Shreveport and the last and time they had a losing tw- yeah, record, they go the six way, and seven. Well, and I they did, ended that year on a four-game okay. losing streak. That that game, that team, oh, I'll tell you something about that team. That team, excuse me, that team quit. Those were the years that, that, yeah. that the Canes quit. I mean, that obviously really, springboarded into take. the end of the Al Golden era. Right, right. They, they, and that year on a four-game losing streak. Lots of problems with uh, Nevin Shapiro stuff right. going on. Yeah, they but were still coming back from from sanctions. You know, his first two Duke years they Johnson had the Johnson team. You know, when when Duke actually Duke had his press conference, we yeah. talked about this to turn pro at the Independence Bowl, uh-huh. um, like the day after they lost to South yeah. Carolina. That t- that UM team. There was a lot of dissension, man, behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Oh, I heard about a lot of stuff. Um, offense, defense. Um, they, they, that, that team quit, and they never seemed to care. Like, yeah. on the sideline, they'd be doing other things. They wouldn't be cheering each other on. I mean, it's hard when you're losing, you know, to, to get into it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm... Yeah, I mean, Crazy, so basically, but it feels like, I'm like saying, this team, I, I've got to give them credit a little bit <laughs> for, for for at least caring enough to to try. I'm sure I've I've heard, by the way, that there's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes in this this yeah, current team. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens when you start losing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, is this your SME if it's the worst team? I don't know. I'm going to say for now, yes, because it's the one I remember most. Right. This one. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, the three contenders are really 07 when they start off 4-1 and and then lose uh, six of their last seven, including a four-game losing streak to end the year and that Virginia Orange Bowl game. That was terrible. That's Randy's first year. I mean, that team is 
pretty bad, but at least they beat FIU, right? <laughs> so there's the one difference. 2014, as I said, 6-7. and seven, They end on the four-game losing streak um, and lose in this bowl game. Um, another team that just really didn't have uh, well, that one... very many impressive wins. They had really no impressive wins. They only played two ranked teams all year. They lost at Nebraska and uh, lost to Florida State. And then this one, which lost to two Conference USA teams. That's, that's I, the... I would say this team is the most disappointing team. Certainly How the most that? disappointing. Most I mean, disappointing they were picked second team. in the Coastal and, like, and they had, easily could have been picked first. the season, we're like, oh, wow, this is an easy schedule. Yeah, easy schedule. Such a doable schedule. They were favored in... state for, like, a lot of their games. Yeah, they were favored in all but three games this season and finished six and seven. Like, that's horrible. They made Central Michigan, you know, seem like they were Alabama or something. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I mean, they... Yeah, the case against this team is basically, like, they, you know, they actually had some decent wins, you know, winning at Pitt, beating a ranked Virginia, which, like, the 2014 team didn't have any wins like that. But um, the lows were the, – the lows this year were as low as any Miami lows pretty much, like, since the program became relevant, right? Like, other than, like, some of the off-the-field stuff, which are, are lows. But, um, yeah, it was bad. It was it, It's right up there with anyone. Very um, bad. Very bad because – after I wrote my advance, after I wrote my advance for this game, mm-hmm. I read it and I thought, God, this is so depressing. That was the advance yeah. for this game. Yeah. So. All right. Um, I, guess, I guess we'll wrap up with just you know, we'll, we'll probably come back one for one more episode next week, just because kind of, there'll be news, I'm sure. Plus, we'll have stuff it right. Yeah, yeah. Going to sign um, um, and to, to do probably a more formal, like, season in review type thing once we have, like, time to actually sit down and, like, put together a, a outline and stuff instead of doing just an instant reaction. But um, I know I feel the aura of Blake James in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Poor Blake James. So how do you feel about the Manny Diaz era after one year? Very surprised. That it ended this way. Yeah. Very surprised. I mean, I, think I, I drank yeah. the Kool-Aid, as people would say. I Really, I thought Manny and... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say I don't think that now, but I thought Manny was definitely a great hire. I did. I, yeah. I know you're... And, and now in hindsight, I never I'm th- agreeing that, I guess we'll, that maybe he should have... They should have done a coaching search yeah but the, here's the thing they couldn't i mean i get i know manny was a temple i know it's temple but he was he already took the job and manny i don't think i think after a certain amount of time he couldn't really go back it was too tough they were getting getting yeah, yeah. towards signing day and all that and and i think blake had to make that decision and blake kind of thought what i did i i was kind of excited when they said manny i thought oh man he's so good at Right. The other stuff. He's so smart, right? He, mm-hmm. I, I think he's so smart. And what he says, he's, or it's not just that he's articulate. It's his ideas that he puts forward yeah. seem to make such – they're just sharp. They're just – like, you see, he seems to get it, but but it doesn't translate. It hasn't – or put it this way. It has it not has, translated. Yeah. And why? Yeah. I mean, is it, I, I guess in the pre – like I said earlier in the show um, – 
there was obviously a case to be made that he would be a good coach. And like like I said, if you go through the whole hiring process, it's very reasonable that you could settle on Manny as as the guy because, like I said, he obviously had a lot of familiarity with the roster, the current state of the program. He always, you know, kind of even last year, talking when he was just the defensive coordinator, he always had to seem to kind of have a pretty good diagnosis of what was wrong, basically. Right, that exactly, the, exactly. And so there's an argument that that is all useful to have. A guy who, and he was never really afraid to be outspoken about some of the offensive issues, some of the locker room issues, um, even when he was the defensive coordinator and, you know, obviously working under Mark Richt and, you know, kind of alongside a lot of these offensive coaches. So that's all stuff you can make a case for him as being a good hire. Then, then obviously throw in the fact that he was a really good defensive coordinator. And How about his assistants? How much do they have to do with it? I mean, his the defense was still pretty good this year, and considering they lost three starters in the secondary, obviously the secondary was going to take a little bit of a step back. Um, but remember, we went through that this year with Blake. Yeah, with Baker Blake Baker and and him and Manny stepping in and saying, mm-hmm. "I'm now I'm going to be yeah. the guy." So I guess there was more. Yeah, I mean, it, it was on. never going to be just like easy. Um, but again, like I said, there was obviously all these reasons to think he could have been a good hire. There's still reason to think he can be successful, but they it's going to be tough. They or... exceeded ex, like the lowest. I don't know how to what the right way to phrase this would be, but like anytime we were like, ah, oh, this can't get any worse. It got worse, right? Like, like after the FIU game, we were like, could it? You know, are people really going to be more like? Does the Duke game even matter? Once you've lost to FIU, can it, people get even more frustrated? And then they look so bad on offense against Duke that, yeah, they somehow looked even yeah, more frustrated. And, I said, yeah, and then they come here and they're like, they're already 6-6. Six and six. Does this even really matter? Like, how bad could they look? And then they look as bad as they've ever looked, yeah, and it, it just keeps getting worse. It, somehow they got worse. Every time you thought they hit rock bottom, they found a way to just and people stick are saying, the shovel in the rock and, right? and people, chip out at least a little piece. People were saying it doesn't matter, they're already whatever, but and I said it totally matters because every game they lose – yeah. It just, I don't know. What's a cliche? Another nail in the coffin. Yeah. Well, that's it. They right. just keep trying to, they, they got their pickaxe out, and now they're slamming down into the earth's core, and they got to try to somehow climb back out of it. And, um, and what about the players now? They're probably, what, 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 how do you think the, uh, the players are re- reacting to all this? Maybe they're just going to go out and party their brains out um, and not care. I mean, I think that would be really bad, right? That would, that would be, be the exact really bad. opposite of what my it would be bad. wants. But it might be something that I like, mean, I'll say the defense. The defense still seems to like have the right attitude, and maybe that we're just saying that because like they still just have more talent on that side of the ball, so like they play better. But the defense, other than like I don't know what the, the well, North I, Carolina like there were not a I, lot of times this year when you looked around and you were like, wow, this defense is like not good. Like they're pretty much always. Even if they weren't the Miami of last year, I mean, they were always pretty good. They only, you know, the Florida game, they gave up 300 yards. The North Carolina game was probably the low point for them. They gave up almost 400 yards. That was like the one time it was like. And it was after that game that the Blake Baker switch happened, I believe. And then since then, I mean, you know, they had 
pretty much They'll every game. One. Louisville, they gave up a lot of yards, but it was, you know, that was garbage time, like that whole game pretty much, the whole second half. Other than that, they never gave up more than, they gave up 345 to Georgia Tech. Other than that, like the defense was pretty good. I mean, they gave up, even the FIU game when they gave up 30 points, it was basically they because they had short fields against them the whole time. They only gave up 297 yards in that game. Like, obviously, you, you probably shouldn't even give up that many to FIU, no matter what. But um, the defense wasn't the issue. It was the fact that they have not made – Manny Diaz basically was hired with the promise of making what was great about the defense also what was great about the offense. And, of course, it's going to take more than one year but the fact that there doesn't seem to be any progress with that big picture mission after one season right. is the problem, right? That is, it'd be one thing if the offense was, you know, it just even just took a little step forward. And I guess you could say, very literally, they took like a point one yard per play step forward. But like, even if they went from being a bottom third offense to like a middle of the pack offense nationally. But they're going to be probably outside the top 100 in total offense or, or yards per play again for the second straight year. Like, that. that's not – and the fact that they didn't look like what I thought they were going to look like. Just schematically, tempo-wise, like, they did not – the offense and defense still seem so far apart. Just, like, culturally, um, schematically, it's – it's. Uh, it, I, I can't believe I mean, it went as, as poorly as it you did. You know what's a little bit scary, David? They play Temple to open next that, year? Yeah, UM opens yeah. against Temple. Manny yeah. Diaz's former team yeah. for a short time. Oh, my God. And after that, is this a, like Wagner? Wagner? Wagner. You from Wagner? Staten Island? From Staten Island. Oh, my God. Yep. I had and UAV is a pretty good, that's another a good Conference USA team, UAV. Oh, oh, from Temple to Wagner to UAB. And then at Michigan hey, State. Uh, let me tell you, if they if – they, screw up those games yeah i mean we'll know pretty early on next year if well, it's going to be like this again turn right the lights like, out at hard rock yeah like if they lose to temple then all bets are off on what how how long this could last the oh florida state set a precedent with firing willie taggart halfway through his second year um that i think four straight losses with three of them being to non-power teams i'm not counting American Athletic Conference is a power conference. No offense to the UCF fans listening. Um, but that would be, I mean, that on, I, I assume that's unprecedented at Miami, or at least like since the program became relevant. So we'll know pretty quickly if, if this has any chance of turning around. But uh, I don't know if we'll know pretty quickly, to tell you the truth. Pretty quickly into next year. Yeah. Oh, right. Correct. I'm not saying pretty quick. Like, we're not going to know like tomorrow. But like, if they get through that first three-game stretch and, like, look better than... Well, man, they got Duke! Yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, like, the biggest problems with this team was the fact that they didn't show up against bad teams, right? Like, so we're going to know pretty quickly next year if that's turned around because they get not necessarily bad teams, but, like, the teams they should be beating. They'll be favored in their first three games next year. Right? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. All right. Maybe. All right, I think we can uh, wrap up there. Um, Thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks for listening all season long. Um, Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been easy to turn these off at any point. Um, And like I said, we will be back. We'll come back next week, probably do a more thorough season in review. We kind of did one at the end of the regular season. Or put it this way, 
there will definitely be more news. Yeah, and there will be news. Um, so, yeah, look, check. Probably there will be news tomorrow. Yeah, so look for us uh, probably late next week unless something really crazy happens. Um, as always, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Um, be sure to check out her game story and everything we've wrote uh, from Shreveport. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson. And David covers everything. Yeah, so I, I just cover everything. everything. I was here. I was in Montgomery, Alabama the other day to watch FIU lose. I'm going to cover um, the Heat. I'm going to cover the Heat in DC in a couple of days. I'll beat the Under Armour game uh, next week. A couple of Miami signees oh, actually will be in be it. Fun. Chance Williams, Jalen Rivers. Um, oh yeah, Jalen Knighton. And oh, there might be, be one cool. or two others. So, yeah, there'll be a good chance to see a lot you of the, the future canes. You can tell us how the uh, future alignment yeah, looks. Exactly. So, uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>